Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of BBP News. I'm Nicholas Rod. Chris Baker's here with me, and we are back for another Friday morning episode. Chris, start us off like we always do with the weather headed into this weekend. In Los Angeles, California, it is mostly sunny with a high of 72. With a mostly sunny weekend in Houston, Texas, it is mostly sunny. 74 with rain coming in tomorrow. In Chicago, Illinois, it is cloudy 32 with a partly cloudy weekend. And in New York City, it is partly cloudy 39 with a partly cloudy weekend. Well, you know, Chris, normally uh, we go into, you know, an intro, we get into some random story. But honestly, I think I can speak for both of us when I say it's been a pretty straightforward week. I'd say it's been pretty productive for both of us, um, but not much to really... Not much to really talk about. So, I mean, what do you say? Should we jump right into the news? Excuse me, did you just call my life boring? I did not call your life boring. I took it as calling my life boring, but in complete fairness, since you have nothing, I'm going to call your life boring too. But yeah, I agree. Um, <laughs> we should probably get right into the news of it. It's been a busy news week. Uh, starting off, if you have health insurance and you need to purchase an at-home COVID test, the federal government says your insurance company will now need to reimburse you. In early December, when the president made the announcement of your insurance company will be reimbursing you, no one really knew how this process was going to work. Well, earlier this week, Medicare and Medicaid Services, a division of Health and Human Services, released information on how this all works. Starting Saturday, a.k.a. tomorrow, if you have a private health insurance or covered by a group plan, you are allowed eight tests per month, so a family of four on the same plan would be allowed 32 tests a month. This test must be over-the-counter and approved by the FDA, and you do not need a prescription to buy a test and get it covered, and there is no limit on the number of tests, including at-home tests that are covered, if ordered or administered by your doctor or healthcare professional. <clears throat> Depending on your health insurance, you will either need to pick up one of these tests from a specific participating pharmacy where they would be free at the point of sale, or you would be able to buy the COVID test at the pharmacy and file the receipt, fill out a claim form, and get in reimbursement from your health insurance. If your health insurance does have a participating pharmacy that you need to use to get the free test, but you decide to go out of the network and get a test from somewhere else, the insurance company only needs to reimburse you up to $12. The bottom line, every insurance company will run this program differently, so you will need to check with them for reimbursement protocols. If you have a state-run Medicaid plan or CHIP, the government has already been requiring your COVID-19 testing to be covered without any cost. Medicare will pay for the COVID-19 diagnostics, meaning you would need to go to a state-run or your doctor's office to be tested and run through a lab. If you have no insurance, Health and Human Services says 50 million tests will be distributed to home community centers and Medicare clinics for no cost to you. Tax season is less than two weeks away, and the IRS announced this week tax filings will start 
being processed on January 24th for individual returns. Over the last few years, they have had so many delays that they have pushed back tax day to April 18th, and they have taken extra steps to make sure your file is not held up. They gave three important tips to keep in mind before you file. One, file electronically. We know returns generally take weeks and even sometimes months longer to process. The IRS is saying if you file your taxes electronically and go through a direct deposit, you can expect a return in 21 days or less. Second, if you are a refund, make sure the IRS has your correct information to pay the bill. And third, make sure your return is accurate. Filing mistakes are easy to make and filing your return quickly just to get it out of the way, even though it is inaccurate, is a mistake. It is important to know that if you received a stimulus payment for any of the monthly child tax credit payments, you need to either wait for letter 3419 or 6475 from the IRS to show how much they paid you. Or you can go to the IRS's website to retrieve that information. The IRS says they sent letter 6419 already to millions of Americans and letter 6475 will be sent out late January. If you are unsure what these letters are, check the link below for a Medium article. If you wait for those letters, you will be able to accurately calculate your refund or your payment. The IRS says regardless of when you filed, if you are owed a child tax credit or a stimulus check, by law the IRS cannot issue any refunds before mid-February. For everyone else that doesn't need to wait for additional money, the IRS is expecting a 21-day return to your bank account. The IRS says their free portal for taxpayers that earn less than $73,000 a year will open on January 14th and they will hold the returns for processing until January 24th. The IRS is also asking that if you have any questions about your tax return, to not call them, and to use their tax resources on the IRS website. They say they received over 145 million calls between January 1st and May 17th of 2021. There are some voting rules that could be coming to the United States Senate that you will be hearing about in the coming weeks. According to the Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, the critical issue that needs to be passed is voting rights. Schumer sent a two-page Dear Colleague letter last week to Senate Democrats outlining the critical need to address voting rights before the upcoming midterm elections. The House has already passed the voting rights bill, but it has been stalled in the Senate for months. Senate Democrats want to move forward, but dozens of Republicans say they are not in support of that particular bill. Some Republicans have indicated that they are in support of some sort of an electoral count reform, but not in favor of this bill. The Senate rules can be changed in a few different ways, but to start off, it is important to understand the majority of bills that go through the Senate need 60 votes to pass in order to break the filibuster. Now, because of the legislation logjam, we have been consistently seeing that changes may be necessary. Some of the possible changes that could take place 
are to create carve-outs for certain pieces of legislation to pass with a simple majority instead of the normal 60 votes, possibly changing the ways you calculate whether a bill passes based on the number of senators that are physically present on the Senate floor. Some people have even suggested using the nuclear option. The nuclear option has been used by both parties in the past. This option is pretty unlikely to happen, but if it looks likely that that's the route that will be taken, we will cover that process. The idea of changing Senate rules may not even happen, as Senators Manchin and Cinema have both expressed their concerns over making changes to the Senate rules. The buzz lately has been the need to pass voting rights reform, according to the Democrats. And you probably have been hearing about two different bills floating around, one being the Freedom to Vote Act and the John Lewis Voting Act. These are totally different bills and they have totally different components. Starting off with the Freedom to Vote Act, it includes things like allows same day and automatic voter registration, expanding voting by mail establishes Standard 15-day early voting period restores voting rights to the previously impersonated, presents partisan gerrymandering, and protects against voter intimidation. Then the John Lewis Voting Act includes restoring federal government oversight of state election laws, prevents discrimination against minority voters, creates a pathway to challenge new voter laws in courts, and to require public notice for changes made to voting laws. As we tell you after every bill, this is just a proposal, and even though it passed in the House in 2021, that does not mean it will not change again. If changes are made, it will need to go back to the House for another vote. The Supreme Court yesterday ruled on both the OSHA vaccine or testing mandate in the CMS vaccine mandate for healthcare workers. One is going to move forward and the other, for at least right now, will not. According to Thursday's ruling, the Supreme Court says the OSHA vaccine testing mandate for companies with more than 100 employees is blocked while cases continue to play out in the lower courts. The vote was 63, with all conservative justices being in favor. On the flip side, the justices said the CMS vaccine mandate that is for healthcare facilities that receive funding from Medicaid and Medicare can and will continue to be enforced. The vote was 5-4 to four, with Justice John Roberts and Brett Kavanaugh siding with the liberals. So what does this mean if you are a healthcare worker? Regardless of what state you work or live in, the CMS vaccine mandate will be enforced. But if you are a worker at a company with more than 100 employees, your employer does not have to comply with the OSHA vaccine or testing mandate. It is important to remember that unless it's specifically stated in your state's laws, your employer can mandate the vaccine or for you to get tested regularly as a term of your employment. The Supreme Court is just saying, for now, the federal government can't make you do these things. Both the CMS and OSHA vaccine mandates will play out in the lower courts. The new Consumer Price Index report for December 2021 is out, and some of the costs for specific customers 
went down like energy dropped compared to November's report. But with that being said, several items did go up on consumer goods increased from December 2020 to December 2021. Shelter is up 4.1%, and that is up nearly a half percent from November. Used cars and trucks are up 37.3%, which is up 3.5% from November. Apparel is up nearly 6%, which is up 1.7% from the month prior. All foods are up 6.3%, which is up a half percent from November. All consumer goods and services up 7%, largest 12-month increase since June 1982. And this report from the Bureau of Labor Statistics is important to note that it is not seasonally adjusted. Now getting into rapid news... The Red Cross is offering the chance to win Super Bowl tickets if you donate blood during the month of January as they are currently experiencing a blood shortage. Bank of America is to start slashing some checking account fees and eliminating other fees. Nick, what do you have for this Friday morning good news? Alright, so my story for this morning is a relatively short one but touching nonetheless. 23-year-old Dusty Talavera had looked out her window one day and saw that three kids had fallen through the ice. Now, these kids were ages 4, 6, and 11, and she didn't really see anyone else around, so she immediately ran outside and went to go help them. She managed to get two of them out of the ice and onto the shore very quickly. When she went to go get the third child, she fell through the ice as well. Luckily, the third child's cousin was nearby and came out with a rope to help pull them to safety. The third child was unresponsive when paramedics arrived on the scene. However, a short visit to the hospital saw her go home back to her family the next day. Now, One of the local firefighters who appeared on a press conference covering the story uh, said something that really touched my heart, and he said, quote, What she did was amazing. We were back at the fire station talking about how brave she was, and gosh, if this happened to one of mine, I'd hope someone like her was close by, end quote. This is an excellent good news story. I actually saw this story um, last night, and I was really hoping you would stumble across the story and I was thinking to myself you know what I might have to send this one to him you know just to see if the king will cover it but you know I I have to apologize to you for even thinking you would not stumble across the story you know as soon as I saw the headline I was like all right this is something that I absolutely have to look into um because, you know, it just seemed like it'd be something perfect for the show. And I was absolutely right, you know, in my opinion, because this is honestly, it's like, again, it's one of those stories that's not incredibly long. It's not incredibly, like, complicated, but it's still extremely, extremely touching. It's still a hero story. It doesn't matter how long it is. Right, exactly. And for... For Dusty Talavera to just, like, see these kids falling through the ice and immediately take action, immediately just run outside to go help them, that's just 
absolutely amazing. The instincts are amazing, and just it's touching all around. I'm glad that all the children were safe. I'm glad all of them um, ended up being okay. Just a wonderful story in the end. It is, and and the yeah, it's a just great good news story. You know, it doesn't matter how simple it is. Still a hero, still saved lives. But um, Nick. You know, the 2022 elections are right around the corner, and several governors across the country are up for re-election, and we are covering the 2022 elections in great detail, and we are covering state-of-the-state addresses if your governor is up for re-election. So if you live in Idaho, Kansas, Alabama, South Dakota, Iowa, Florida, Colorado, or Georgia, they are up for re-election. They gave their state-of-the-state this week, and we have a detailed article on medium each state is linked in the show notes if you're interested in that that is the end of this friday morning news episode make sure you follow us on bbp news's twitter account for the latest 24-hour breaking news so you are always in the know until monday morning have a great weekend everybody bye guys